Welcome to Financial Fridays. I'm Bob Gustafson, a certified financial planner and the owner of the Triton Financial Group. Each episode is an excerpt from my radio show, The Financial Focus, where we answer questions from our listeners. Our goal is to help you increase your financial knowledge through these conversations of 10 minutes or less. Um, Hello, Bob. What should I do with my 401k if I change jobs? Good question. So you had a few options. You've got a few options, right? One, you could keep it where it is. Two, you could roll it into your new employer's plan. Or three, you could roll it over into your own personal IRA. So let's talk about the benefits of a 401k in the first place, because the answer to everything is it's always it depends. You know, there's no one right answer. So look at it like this. Sometimes, um, you know, with, with 401k plans in general, the investment options you usually have inside of 401k plans, they're usually, they're usually limited in scope. So oftentimes, when you leave a company, you have an opportunity to roll the money into your own personal IRA where you can diversify, diversify things further, should you believe that that's the approach you should take. So if you think, if, you know, if, you, if you've got an investment advisor or you're, or you're financially savvy yourself, um, probably not a bad idea to roll your money over into your own, uh, you know, own personal IRA. If you're not, it really, and you're not working with an advisor, or you're not, you know, savvy yourself, um, you know, leaving your 401k where it is, or rolling it over into your new company's 401k may not be a bad idea either. Um, so, you know, you, there's a lot of different things you can do with your 401k when you leave your job. But it really depends on, one, if you're working with a, a financial advisor, a lot of times um, it's more beneficial to roll it over if they're managing the money on your behalf because they'll have more tools to choose from. Um, or if you're, if you're savvy yourself, you're probably better off rolling it into a self-directed IRA, so into your own rollover IRA so you can uh, manage it more appropriately because, again, 401Ks are usually limited in terms of the investment options they have within them you get more diversity in an IRA. If you're not, then you could either leave it where it is or roll it into your new company's 401k plan and hopefully uh, you know, use some of the, uh, you know, the blended target date funds or something like that if you're not savvy and nobody's helping you. Gotcha. That's probably you know, what you should do. Uh, another common theme among the 401k questions, Bob, is how much should I be putting into my 401k? All of it. Put all of it in your 401k. No, the, you know, the ultimate goal that we always shoot for is having people max out. In general, there are exceptions, but to max out your 401k plan. And there's the reasons behind it is such that there's two, there's two situations. One, if there's a match, it's absolutely a no-brainer to at least put money up into the match. But maxing it out, getting as much money in your 401k does a couple things. One, it, it reduces your current taxable income. And two, the money you, that goes into your 401k plan grows tax-deferred until you start taking it out during your retirement years. So those two forces combined, the reduction in current taxes and compounding effect over the years, can really add up. So that's why, you know, one of the universal recommendations that we make to most people most of the time is to max out your 401k. So as close as you can get to that number is what you should be trying to do. Right. No question about it. So 
is there uh, a, a limit? I believe it's something like twenty-four k. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, the there's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's nineteen thousand five hundred this year if you're under the age of fifty, and six thousand if you're over. You get the uh, the the catch-up provision. So, if you can do that, that's the the, the really nine times out of ten probably the best thing you could be doing is maxing out your four hundred one k plan. Right. All right. How about this one, Bob? Should I worry that someday my 401k may be taxed higher than it is right now? And that's the exception to the, in general, you want to max out your 401k plan all the time. There's, a, there's the one situation that, that, that is a potential issue, and it might, might not even be. It would be, dep- it would be dependent upon what happens in the future. So if you put money in your 401k today, you're reducing your taxable income today. And the theory behind it is not only are you going to reduce your taxable income today and get, the, uh, you know, get that, get that uh, the, the compounding effect on the growth, is that when you start taking the money someday in the future, that you'll likely be in a lower tax bracket because you know, you're, you're, you're not earning money generally in your retirement years. But this person says, could I be... Could my 401k get taxed higher in the future than it is today? That is a possibility, um, and it really is a kind of a situationally dependent thing. We don't know where tax rates are going to be in the future. Flip a coin, right? We don't really know. So we kind of have to do the best with what we have today. But there are situations, um, you know, where people may want to consider not putting, you know, uh, putting money in 401k plans, and that's people who are generally really wealthy, have a lot of money. We have a number of clients like that, and what we're doing now is in their situation, uh, in looking out into the future, just looking at required minimum distributions, they may be putting they, they may be in the highest marginal brackets with all their well, with all their assets. So it's probably not helping them any now to do that. So in the past few years, for some people, what we've done is actually started having them when they have the opportunity is to just say, okay. Let's put money in the in the Roth IRA inside the 401k plans today. Now the Roth IRA um, is a you know is a is a pretty interesting tool for folks with significant wealth when they have the ability to do that. So in these types of situations, we were using you know that type of tool because it gave them the ability um, to put money in a vehicle that they otherwise couldn't use, um, and when we knew they were going to be in a higher tax bracket in the future. So. In that specific type of situation, if you're independently wealthy and you get a boatload of money, um, then you you might want to reconsider putting money in the pre-tax 401k portion because you very well might end up uh, taxed higher in the future than you are today. Um, but even that is, you know, you've got to you've got to kind of make a judgment call on that because there's no easy answer to it. But um, what we've been doing is taking a more of a balanced approach with people in that type of situation. But for most of the people, most of the time, John, as I said, I don't think you can do better than trying to max out your 401k. Yeah, it seems um, like the logical thing to do. But as we talked about in an earlier segment, Bob, we kind of anticipate maybe uh, pretty significant tax hikes to pay for all the stimulus. Right. Well, what you've seen, right, and and is that possible? Yes. But if you listen to the rhetoric... The people don't want the, the the politicians don't want the blowback of raising taxes. So what they do is they generally raise taxes on higher income people. 
it usually doesn't fall down to folks on the lower end of the spectrum. And so if you remember when Biden was running, he said he was going to raise taxes, but only on people making more than 400 k whether he's whether he's whether that's true or not is anybody's guess. But let's say he was telling a tale, and his his goal was, you know, people making two hundred thousand a year. Well, you know what? When most people retire, John, they're not going to be pulling in two hundred grand in income. Uh, very few people will be. So, like I said, unless you're ex- unless you have a significant amount of wealth. I'm not so sure I would be worried about your tax rate being higher in the future necessarily than it is today. Is it possible? Of course it is. We're, you know, we're trying to read the tea leaves of future tax rates. But realistically, for most of the people, most of the time, John, that's not going to be an issue. Right. This is the, you know, because honestly, most people you know, probably have less than 200 k in income. In in their retirement years, probably most most have less than a hundred. Right. You would so, think. yeah. Um, so the rea- reality is, I, I wouldn't worry about maximizing putting the maximum limits in your four hundred one k and worrying about tax rates being higher in the future unless you're unless you're very wealthy today. Well, that's a uh, one of the things um, that I see a lot with you know myself and and friends. Is a lot of times uh, you you know you start a job you pick your asset allocations. A lot of times there's not a lot of education provided by the company, and you just kind of set it and forget it and and let the money go in. How often should you look at it and maybe rebalance some of the the allocations? Well, that's a great question, and it really depends on what your knowledge is, what your knowledge level actually is on the investment side. So if okay, so let's say you have no investment knowledge at all. If that's you, the best thing you can do is probably use the target date funds inside your 401k plan, which is basically a fund of funds that invest your money um, in a risk-appropriate level based on your retirement your retirement date. That there's no you know you don't really need to rebalance because it's it's already doing that for you as it's as time's going on. So you don't really need to look at something like that on a regular basis, other than just to see where you are and how you're doing and that sort of thing. Um, if you're managing your own 401k plan or you have an investment advisor, you should be checking that every, you know, every, every three to six months to see, to see where you are. The last, let me tell you something. The last thing you want to be doing with your 401k plan is looking at it every day. That just leads to, that leads to anxiety oftentimes in bad decision-making. So your 401k is there presumably for the longer term. So you don't want to be looking at that all the time, uh, but you know, checking it every you know three to six months isn't a, isn't a bad idea, and rebalancing it, you know, depending upon your target allocations and how far they drift from that. If you're working with an investment advisor, I know as part of the services we do here, John, we manage clients' 401ks for them. So, you know, we we take care of that. But don't look at your 401k every day. You're just going to drive yourself nuts and might even make bad decisions. Bob, how do you best invest the money in your 401k? We yeah, we get this one a lot too. Okay, so here's the here's the the situation. If you are not an investment professional, you don't know what you're doing, um then probably the best thing you could likely do is do you do actually you do one of two things. If you're not going to hire somebody to help you, what I'd suggest you do is you use look at the look at the target date funds 
in your 401k plan. I haven't seen a, 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 a company without target date funds in, in a long time. So I would use those target date funds. And what those, what those do is they're basically a fund of funds. And essentially, they look at your age, they look at your approximation to retirement, and what they do is they come up with an allocation that's, that's suitable um, for someone your age in proximity for retirement. So that's the easiest thing to do, you know, so you, you do something like that. If, and, you know, if you, um, if you have, are starting to accumulate significant amounts of money in your 401k plan, um, the smartest thing you can do is hire somebody, in my opinion, to help you or get the knowledge yourself to do it um, either way. But I like, tar- I like to use the target date funds generally for younger people and things and for smaller amounts of money. But you know what? When you start to get more, when you start to, to accumulate more assets, it's a, probably a good idea to get professional help because the increased return that you're going to get on your investment portfolio over the long term, provided you hire a good advisor, you're going to do better than what you do on your own. So... Um, that's what I tell you. If you are, if you're younger, you don't have a lot of money in the plan. Use the target date funds. If you're accumulating a lot of assets, um, you should consider hiring somebody to help you. If you're, if you don't want to hire somebody to help you, then you probably should keep using the target date funds. And that's uh, that's basically what I would tell you. Right. Yeah, those target date funds are are pretty effective, but it's a one size fits all. So. If you start to make more money than maybe you even expected in your younger days, that might be when you make the change, it sounds like. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know what, it's, it's, I like it because people are at least getting some form of professional management and they don't have to know something. But what happens is, to your point, John, it's, it's basically for the masses. And uh, you know what, if you start accumulating money, you're not really part of the masses anymore. Uh, you need to take things a little bit more seriously, and that's usually when it's a good idea to hire an advisor or a money manager to help you. Right? Yeah. You know, you, because of the compounding nature of of that long term money, you can really you know miss out even even on the margins. Uh, if if you you know you could do a better job, you might as well do it because the longer you know, the, the more you make and the longer it compounds, the better off. Obviously. Yeah, and actually, um, uh, something that. Some research that goes along with that is Vanguard um, did a study not that long ago, and what they concluded was is that a financial advisor helps the average individual increase returns, tax savings, and everything else by about 3% a year. So uh, I know that's kind of a subjective number, and it's dependent upon whether or not you have a good advisor and so on and so forth, but even if it's right, Let's say, and that 3% is above the fee that they're charging you. So let's say an advisor is only getting you 1% per year better than um, what you would, would be able to do on your own or what have you. 1% over 20 years turns into an awful lot of money. So having an advisor helping you with your 401k plan, especially when you have uh, when when you've accumulated a, sig- a significant amount of money in there, it makes sense to uh, retain somebody to help you if right. you can't manage it yourself. Right. All right. Here's uh, here's another one. Uh, hey Bob, should young adults put money in four hundred one ks or just wait until they start making bigger money? 
Good question. I mean, you know, this is this is always a hard one. You know, when you're young, you first start. No, you don't have a lot of money. You know, you're probably trying to save for your first home, pay off loans, what have you. So here's how I'd answer this question. I've already mentioned that in a perfect world, you want to max yourself. You want to max out your 401k coming out of the womb. But that, <laughs> that just isn't realistic, right? So at the very least, when you're younger, you still want to put money into your 401k plan, even if it's smaller amounts. One, especially if there's a match. But two, that when you put money in your 401k early on, you're getting the benefit of that compounding effect over time. That's the one thing that, um, that, that people really don't have a sense for. It's time, John. Time can either be an asset or a liability. The good thing is you get to choose which one it is. If you don't put money away for retirement and you're in your 50s, you know, time is now a liability. If you're 20 and you're putting money in, into your 401k plan, time is an asset because it's going to work for you and compound over time. The more money you put in earlier on, the less you have to worry about putting in later on. And you never know what things are going to be like in the future. Things might be better or worse than they are today. So I'm a big fan of trying to get as much money um, into 401ks as reasonably possible, as early as possible. But you know, when you're dealing with, with younger people, John, there's always a, a, a balancing act there. You know, you're just getting out of college or something. You know, you're just trying to get yourself started. Yeah, of course you probably can't put a ton of money in, but you want to get as much money in, in there as you can, especially, especially if there's a match. If you're not putting money in a 401k and there's a match, you're throwing money out the window. Right. And, uh, you know, that typically is 3%, but I've seen, you know, even 5% on, on a match, which is, uh, you know, really nice. Depends on the company, but um, that, that you know, you, you know, you have to put usually put in this uh, up to the, mm-hmm. the max. So if you put in five, match five, you put in three, they match yeah. three. You do at least what the minimum that it takes to get the full match. Absolutely. Any, anything after that would be gravy. Right. Absolutely. There's no, there's no question about that. Uh, I think it's very important. But, you know, use your best judgment. Do what you can. But to your point, John, if there's a match, at least put up to that match. Thank you for joining us today on our Financial Fridays podcast. I hope you found the information useful. And if so, feel free to share this podcast with people who may benefit from the topics discussed. Subscribe by visiting our website at financialfridays.com.